we on the inside need to go outside. For an individual, we need to do that with our hearts. We need to turn ourselves inside out. I think the laity has become very pampered and very unchallenged. And it's good for us to turn what we have learned or what we are studying or who, you know, our relationship with Christ. In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission You're of listening to the Common Ground Join Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Jalad, and it is a joy podcast. to get to share with you in this new year. This is actually not the first podcast of the new year, but the first recorded podcast of the new year. You'll, you'll still have the benefit of hearing some that were recorded last year in the beginning of this year, but I have chosen to begin this year with a very special uh, person in my life and a very special person, a part of this Fresh Expressions movement here in my context, um, in my local context at Mount Pisgah, and that is my friend, Glenn. Glenn, will you introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Oh, yes. I'm glad to be here, too, Heather. It's good to see you. Um, Yes, I'm Glenn Paris. I've been uh, attending Mount Pisgah Church for, oh, my, 35, 36 years. Um, I'm married 43 years, three children, six grandchildren. No, people are putting me in a box real quick here. And been in the church all my life. You know, I took the college break that I think a lot of us did. had a 10-year gap in there where I kind of broke up with the church. And then I'm back, been back a long time. So um, that being said, there's been a lot of changes I've seen over the years. And the uh, Fresh Expressions is very exciting, that concept that's kind of getting us back to basics and back to, uh, it's a new thing that's going back to the old thing, which is very, very fun. That's really good. Absolutely. So I, I, I'm kind of doing something new in the new year that I thought would be fun. So the, the question I want to ask to start the conversation is um, board game or card game? Oh, I don't like either. You have to really? What? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd rather just talk or go walk or do something. <laughs> you do. You do. You do. You're a very active person. That's for sure. Um Okay, how about beach or the mountains? Oh, beach, beach. Beach. You have a favorite beach? Oh, yes. Pauly's Island, South Carolina. I grew up in South Carolina. Okay. That's a a beach of my childhood, so I really love going back there. We try to go every year. Mm -hmm. That's good. Okay, what about, uh, what was the name of your favorite teacher in grade school? Oh, my. Oh, I think. Probably fourth grade, I had Mrs. McConnell. She was the choir director at our church, and she had a piano in her room. So, oh, we had music and sang. She taught us songs, and she'd just go over and sit down and play the piano. She was great. That's funny. That's, yeah, I mean, so her, her room was a lot of fun. It wasn't just sit at your desk and, yeah, yeah. And, and do your work kind of a thing. Uh, one of my daughters had a teacher, and I want to say it was fourth grade also, that played guitar and oh. actually was a male teacher. And they were so, ex- the kids were so excited to be in his class because he played the guitar. 
So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, interesting. Uh, so, okay, first time asking this question, I'll say my favorite teacher uh, was it, well, it's kind of a toss-up between second grade was Mrs. Graham, and she read all of the Little House books to us. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure the boys loved it, but... <laughs> And the uh, in fourth grade um, was Mrs. Franklin, and I it was just the way she led her class. She was so organized. Mm. She was so kind of um, methodical in how she did things, which may have bored some people, but I thrived. I loved it. So those are those are my two favorite grade school teachers. Um, okay, so getting on to the topic of our conversation, what what really was it about Fresh Expressions that got your attention? Um, I've been here at Mount Pisgah for what a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a year and a mm-hmm. half going going into that second half of the second year. So, but what was it about Fresh Expressions that got your attention? Um, I went to one of the accelerator classes, and I think it just opened my eyes to something that was very kind of obvious and easy to do. And um, I've always been interested in missions and involved in like international mission work and Mm -hmm. um, even traveling some in the U.S. And I thought, well, this is right here. And for some reason, what was right under my nose, literally, Mm. just had not percolated into my brain that that was a mission field, too. And the, yeah, a you know legitimate worthy mission field. You know we kind of get this hierarchy of our missions, and and that was just I don't know that just really bowled me over. Yeah, I think to some degree, to some degree, I think we're living out of we're still living in some old paradigms in that you know we often I think for for hundreds of years you know the American church or the Western church I should say you know, sent missionaries to foreign lands, right? Um, I mean, that's part of the imperative of the Great Commission. And what we read in the book of Acts as far as making disciples, um, you know, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Um, And yet, uh, you know, I think the wake-up call is that, you know, the, the, the continent of North America is the third largest mission field on the planet now, which should wow. jolt us all awake and um, and call us to to look a little bit differently about the world outside our doors. Um, right. That I think it is you know is is really a call to a call to discipleship, um, not only to discipling others but to our own <laughs> discipleship as well. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're you're a part of the what we're call it what we call the Common Ground Network here at Mount Pisgah, which is our network of fresh expressions. Um, and you started on this journey, um, you know, probably very intentionally about a year ago is when we had the we had the kind of the kickoff of the accelerator. Yeah. It was in uh, last, yeah. yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> it feels like mm. yesterday and a like a millennia ago, you know, with COVID and everything. But um, so, kind of what what was your starting point there? Did you already have a particular fresh expression of church in mind, or what helped connect the dots there for you? Um, well, even during that uh, that seminar that day, it was just the one day thing. Um, mm-hmm. One of the exercises was to think about that. You know, where could you see ministry being done in your life, just right where you are? And it was an immediate light bulb for me. Hmm. Uh, I go to the same 
grocery store. I've been going to that grocery store since it was built over 20 years ago. Kroger, it's literally next door to Mount Pisgah. Mm-hmm. And it's a mile and a half from my tr- my house. I can walk there. I do walk there. She but does walk there. <laughs> so it's, uh, I thought, well, I know these people. I know them by name, a lot of them. I've been going there for years. Uh, I kind of laugh. I, I spend more time there than I do in church. I mean, I go there, what, three <laughs> times a week at least. Yeah. You know? Just popping in there, and my pharmacy's in there. Everybody that I see routinely is in there, in the Kroger, or in that same little strip mall. Yeah, that's that's so big. I think you know a lot of times when uh, people enter into this conversation around Fresh Expressions, they think, "Oh, that's just another program that's kind of like a flash in the pan or whatever." You know, next year it'll be a different flavor, right? This is the flavor of right. the month or whatever, but. That's not what Fresh Expressions is. It's about building Christian community, a new expression of the church where we are already spending time with people we may have some form of a relationship with already. um, But by virtue of that time and that proximity, um, you know, what does it look like to lean into that in an intentional way uh, in order to build that that um, that faith community there? And. That's so. That was a place that you know we do. Um, we do a couple of things to kind of help people come to that clarity and fresh expressions. We use like our fifty fifty planner where people like look at how they live their week and where they spend time and kind of what the patterns of how they spend time with. Because you know a, a lot of times when we get into different things in the church, we're like, oh, I cannot put one more thing on my plate. You know, oh, I cannot fit one more thing in my schedule. I cannot take one more, you know, take on one more responsibility. And this is not that. In a sense, this is where does does God unique has God uniquely placed you in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school, and the things that you love to do, like going to the gym or spending time at the park or coaching baseball or, you know, whatever the case may be, or <laughs> going to Kroger. <laughs> You know, um, I mean, I know, gosh, when my kids were little, the the um, the Kroger we went to, we knew all of the people. We knew all the names. They loved to see my kids. They would wave at them, give them treats, the whole thing. But, um, yeah. but yeah, when where what are the normal rhythms and patterns of your life and how might we be more intentional about, you know, uh, seeing what, you know, inviting where is God inviting us to meet God and what God's already doing? You know, that's really what we call the the common ground. God's already out there. Yeah, we don't. And, you don't really have to look for a, a fresh expression. Yeah. You're in one. You're yeah. in. You just gotta uh, look at people in a different way mm-hmm. and look at people that um, you're so really familiar with. And I think in a lot of uh, the businesses that. Uh, serve us, maintain us, and that are right around. I mean, everybody's got at least one strip mall right next to them. And typically, that'll be the one that you go to, and you try to consolidate your errands, right? So, you yeah. have your dry cleaner, you maybe have a drugstore, you have a little nail salon, and mm-hmm. then you have your uh, 
there's a little consignment store in this one. And then there's a little dress shop and then there's the honey store. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, you just have everything that you want to do all in one spot. Mm -hmm. So you're there a lot. And then over time you get to know people, Yeah. but um, somewhere in there, it changes to you. You start to really love these people Mm -hmm. and you see them over and over. You can tell when they're having a bad day. You can tell when they're not there. You can tell if there's um, even tension in the store. Like a, a grocery <laughs> store has you know, 40, 50 employees. It's a, it's its yeah. own little community. Yeah. And you can tell what's going on in there. And, oh, my goodness, the COVID has brought out the beast in people, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes some situations. And early on, it was like, I remember checking out my little groceries. I'd gone in early. And I was chit-chatting with the uh, checkout gal, and I said, wow, the store looks so great. Y'all have everything. You're fully stocked and every, you know, it looks great. You know, y'all seem to be doing really well. And she goes, oh, my goodness, you just missed it. There was a fist fight over the toilet paper in the aisle. (laughs) I mean, she was a wreck. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah. The, 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 The early on, the fear and confusion of the pandemic just put yeah. everybody on edge. And we're not the only one feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are literally frontline workers, right, yeah. that were yeah. subjected to some crazy stuff um, in the beginning. And I mean, honestly, were just as fearful as, as anybody else, but they had to go to work, right? I mean, they had to go to work and, and we're all kind of figuring it out together and Glenn, the thing that I love about you, I mean, there's a lot of things I love about you, but <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I love about how you approached this whole, uh, you know, process, this whole journey is that you didn't take the pandemic and go, oh, well, I'll just start, you know, when this is all over. You you persevered. You were persistent. You found <laughs> ways to, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about listening and loving and serving being those first parts of of beginning to build community. Um, mm-hmm. and, and frankly, that's not necessarily linear. You know, you had that community built to some degree. Like you said, it's it's kind of pre-existing and you had some of those yeah. relationships. But mm-hmm. it, it took being very intentional in your listening to kind of the, the pain points and you coming in there and just kind of noticing the atmosphere and pointing that out and giving a base to that person to <laughs> say, well, like things are not okay, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. is is one step in that direction. But, <clears throat> but you know, that loving and serving during that time when when these folks were literally just absolute heroes and coming to work every day right. and right. finding ways to do that. So, um, I would love for you to share a little bit about kind of um, how you approach this whole listening because we talk a lot about prayer walking. So I'd love for you to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then how you've kind of loved and served during this time to some degree mm-hmm. at arm's length, but still very relationally because of your relationships with the, particularly with the store manager, but also with the staff. Yes. the um, I'll be honest at the beginning it's like we got out of the training session and I was just so excited and knew right away where my heart was leading me and what I wanted to do and uh, then the whole COVID thing broke out and it was like oh I'd gotten two good hugs in with the manager you know (laughs) he was like what I can't believe this so really the relationship with the store has been ongoing for years and there are there's some employees that have been there 
a very long time. That says a lot about, you know, the leadership that's been there over the years. But the manager was a new manager, and I hadn't met her yet. And um, in talking with the employees, you know, I knew there a new manager had come, and they were saying, oh, she's just really great, and everybody, you know, just had really enjoyed her and liked her style of leadership. And the store, you know, had been transformed, literally. I was kind of looking across the street at the Publix, but I remained loyal. <laughs> Still at the program. I'm, I'm a lifer now. But the um, meeting her was a, a turning point in allowing me to see that, yes, this is okay. I'm not just a kook, you know, that's hanging out at Kroger all the time. And well, yeah, she really became your person of peace, right? She was yeah. she was all yeah. on board with you. I mean, you you essentially told her <laughs> what you were doing and yeah. how you wanted to love and serve and, and build relationships in the community that, yeah. you know, that the church is literally right down the street and um, and yet you spend so much time there and how much you love and appreciate them, and and she became your 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 person of peace, your your kind of entryway in, into the whole community there, and and mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, with the with the uh, the staff and being able to do all of the things that you wanted to do, yeah. but it took that intentionality mm-hmm. and her being. I mean, it was certainly uh, beneficial that she's a woman of faith as as well. Yes, and. So in talking with her, she was totally on board, accepting, grateful, thrilled. She said she really respects and um, wants to look after her staff and her her employees. And so she said, that's wonderful. If you can help me love on them and show how much people do notice what they do and um, that they are important part of our community in the service yeah. that they provide. And it's, it's hard work and it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm a nurse by profession and I always kind of think um, people in the service industry, it's a lot like nursing mm-hmm. <laughs> you work real hard. You're on your feet. You're with the customer, so to speak all the time. And it's changing and what you do affects how the business, the restaurant, or, mm-hmm. you know, where you work is viewed by other people. So it's, it's hard. You're on physically. Yeah. And so it's really important that they be encouraged, that mm-hmm. people are encouraged in doing that. And um, I, I just plain appreciate what they do and that they mm-hmm. do it. Uh, a lot of them happily and, you know, engagingly. So it's, it was good that she said yes. Yeah. And you, and that yes didn't come out of thin air because you had done a lot of preparation before that and continue to cultivate the soil in the, in the um, shopping center with a lot of prayer. And it's not only you that's praying, you have other people praying as well, but talk a little bit about the the prayer walking that you started doing that you've continued to do and and kind of what God's shown you in that time. Yeah. Well, you know, praying beforehand uh of course is what even got me to the point of being bold enough to get going. You know, you're a little hesitant at first, but um it was real clear to me, you know, through prayer and the nudging of the spirit that that was what I needed to be doing, and it would be a good thing. So um, 
after connecting with the manager, um, I realized I need to I need to pray about this. I need to you know what, what Lord, what do you want me to do here? What is the plan? I know you have a plan, and but what is it? <laughs> so I needed the prayer to really begin in earnest of literally what do I do? How do I begin uh, this process of building community within this community itself and then outside of it, the uh, customers, the people that are coming into the Kroger community? So it was an inside and outside thing. And then I realized, well, it's really, they do have their own community, but it's also with the whole strip mall. And then I realized, I need, you know, we need to prayer walk this. This is, we're going to claim this. Mm-hmm. Amen. Strip center mm-hmm. for God, mm-hmm. for his purposes, for his mm-hmm. plan to unfold in everyone's life that's in this area. It is a physical space and beginning to walk it to walk it on the street, around the street, around through the back where all the deliveries, where everybody has their little break spaces, <laughs> the whole thing, the parking lot, around the front. Um, that was very powerful. And and then I realized I need I need help. I, 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 we need more people. I need more people. I need some help. And then I have a buddy that's walking with me. And so, uh, and then there are others that aren't physically there Mm -hmm. that are praying. Yeah. Uh, The manager is praying. Yeah. Yeah. He prays every morning before she walks in her door. She calls it my house. Mm -hmm. Before she goes in the house, she's going to pray over the house. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think things began to change when that became a a weekly habit. Um, It changed. Certainly it changed me and those of us praying. Um, but then the manager talked to me. She said, this is just amazing. This is so wonderful. The whole atmosphere, mm. this store has changed. Um, and she began telling me the, the needs, the requests, prayer requests that she had for the store. And um, so we thought, well, certainly, yes, we'll pray for that. And then we thought, well, maybe we should give the employees an opportunity to have prayer requests. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they um, essentially aren't at this point aware of the permission that has been given mm-hmm. for their store and their mm-hmm. space to be covered in prayer. And they know now that Mount Pisgah is very definitely supportive and engaged mm-hmm. in their in their community there. So uh, we put a prayer box in the break room and uh, manager said that that would be great. <laughs> and then we it. found out something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We put we put the uh prayer box up and we uh figured out how, you know, it's confidential and you know it's mm-hmm. locked. So you can't mess with it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just so excited and just can't wait. Just can't wait. Have a buddy that's gonna handle the prayer bo- prayers in the prayer box. <laughs> Nothing. I appreciate I appreciate that because everybody needs to hear that we try things and yeah. you know God willing they work we're trying to be attentive we're trying to you know be obedient and you know and nothing yeah so you know go back you know just we tried now we're gonna try something else we're gonna keep yeah. you know that resilience and um, keep trying new things. But I did get a few. We did yeah. get a few come on in over the holidays. And um, 
So the prayer box will stay up there. I think I'll, you know, add something around it because I think people, uh, you need feedback, you know, you know that there is something going on. So um, that's really been good to learn that, like you say. So try something else. I know there's some bulletin boards and there's some other ways to communicate with people. And Well, you've cheered them on. You've put like positive affirmations for them. You put posters yeah. up in the different in the different um, departments and whatnot. Just so yeah. sweet to absolutely be their, yeah. their cheerleader. And um, but I think that, you know, uh, you know, you've said a lot of really important things that I don't want people to miss. I think that one of the most significant is, you know, these were folks that you'd known for years and you knew their names. And um, in many instances, you, um, you know, knew even knew what was happening in their lives. You certainly knew what was happening in the store. But the we can look at people in professions that serve us just almost as dispensatory, right? Not as human beings necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing something for us. They're serving us. Um, but I mean, somebody made the comment recently that, you know, I had never thought about the people in the grocery store, um, as being people that God was sending me to, you know, to, to share the gospel with necessarily and, um, to build Christian community with that it, it definitely has taken, um, it's helped them look through a different lens. I guess this whole idea of, of fresh expressions and prayer walking and, being attentive to the places and the spaces that we inhabit in a, in a different way, in a more intentional way. Um, because we do tend to, in the Western church, um, in kind of a, a Christendom mi- mindset, think, you know, church things happen in church buildings and yeah. um, or with people that are already Christians. And uh, there is just kind of this disconnect between, you know, our everyday lives and our Christian selves, right? And I think that 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 fresh expressions helps kind of reconnect some um, some disconnection uh, there. So, what? Where are you finding um, common ground now in this weird COVID world? What What does that look like for you outside of Kroger, maybe? Yeah, um, I'm really interested in learning more about our um, Sunday suppers. Mm-hmm. It's you know it looks different from a dinner church because of the. COVID situation. Yeah. But I think there are a lot of different ways we can serve in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, in our neighborhood, we've actually gotten together just our our cul-de-sac and some of our neighbors around us. When the weather was a little warmer, warmer <laughs> we were able to sit outside. And we've been, as you would imagine, in the same neighborhood for a very long time. <laughs> And neighbors have changed and come and gone, but uh, you don't really know your neighbors sometimes. Yeah. Very busy. And, you know, we're all very pleasant and we pick up each other's mail and take the dumpster up the driveway Mm -hmm. anyway. But to really sit down and talk with them, you don't do that very often. And so we have done that just in our cul-de-sac, had a little happy Mm -hmm. hour out there. And it is amazing how it changed even our willingness to stop and do more than the wave where we stop and, hey, how you doing? It's a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. And we've had a new neighbor move in directly across from us. And um, 
I told them about that and about that time the weather hit. So we haven't been able to get back outside as easily here until mm -hmm. so soon. I figure we have another month, but um, they want to meet people. And I'm hoping that's something that we can start doing to help connect. We live on a fairly sh short street Yeah, to be able to pull in new people. Um, well, COVID has, we do COVID it all the time, but you know, they'll be, in on a new thing and they're almost the excuse to do it again you know and uh, gives a little bit of reason for people that have known live close by and have not really gotten to know each other yeah well covid has definitely um i think in many instances uh helped us get to know our neighbors better particularly you know being yeah. um spending a lot more time at home and um and outside and just wanting that human connection um, you know, so, you know, if you look at your, how do I spend my time? Where do I spend my time? Do you know your neighbor? That would be, you know, <laughs> that would be my first question. Do you know your neighbor? Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, I think that there's, there's certainly some, uh, fertile, fertile ground there. Uh, I heard a great story, uh, from someone who is a part of a house church network that, uh, a neighbor that had lived across the street from them for like, I don't know, 20 years or something. Um, they started a house church in their home and they invited that person. That person had not been in church for like 30 years. And this person lived across the street from them. They had no clue. You know, they'd lived across the street from them for I don't know how long. But just by virtue of gathering with other, you know, Christians, believers, or people that were seeking, you know, Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, in their home, there there became this invitation to um, to to invite them into that context and um, and learn this about them. So you know, mm -hmm. uh, imagine if they had kind of done something sooner. It's just it's kind of profound to think about. So. Um, okay, Glenn, we are running out of time, but I would love to hear what you are, re what are you reading right now? Oh, wow. I'm so excited. I may have bitten off more than I can chew. I, I'm reading <laughs> so many books at the same time. They're very different, so I'm not going to get them mixed up. I can tell you that. Um, but I've gotten the, the new, I think it's very new, the contextual intelligence mm -hmm. that um, Michael Beck and Leonard Sweet have just come out with. Yeah. And it is great. It's it's kind of the next eye opener for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to say heart. the least, for sure. Yeah, it's so good. Journey here. And um, now that's that's really exciting. Um, it's not what I expected at all. So okay. I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, and then I started the Dinner Church book. Yeah. Osner's book. Um, I'm really wanting to kind of wrap my brain around a, a fresh expression that's a little has a little more structure from the get-go mm -hmm. so that's um that's interesting to me and a lot of folks i think that's kind of an easier baby step toward fresh expressions of church in terms of it still does have some kind of form to it where mm -hmm. um and like you said structure to it whereas these more contextualized forms of church and fresh expressions are are just that. They're far more contextualized than a, a dinner table um, church. However, the dinner table churches do need to be attentive to their context, right? Like our Sunday supper that you mentioned is really serves a um, 
a bilingual population. Um, and so we have to be attentive to that and the things that we do and how we how we do what we do. So what else are you reading? Are you reading some fun stuff? Yes. It's just, you know, my brain's about to explode. It's a <laughs> it's a book written by a physicist at MIT. <laughs> oh wow. And he he won the won a Nobel Prize for his thesis like years ago. But he writes really well and it and makes some very big ideas accessible to somebody that is not a numbers person like me. But it's uh Ten Keys to Reality and he just gets into all Oh, it's wonderful. It's okay. just a real, uh, brain expander. And uh, my son, I sent one to my son, uh, who's all into science and numbers and metal. Neat. So we're reading it together, which is oh, really fun. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. So. Glenn, Glenn, thank you. Is there anything that you, that we haven't talked about? Um, and we will definitely have the opportunity for a second conversation. Um, but is there something that you haven't said that you would like for people to hear? Um, I think the one of the concerns, if you would call it that, even about um, the differences maybe between fresh expressions approach to ministry and what our traditional church is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they both need each other. And I think one of the ways to look at look at a uh, a new thing and a a way of looking at ministry in a new way, the church needs to just turn itself inside out a little bit. Yeah. I think we on the inside need to go outside, mm-hmm. and then for an individual, um, we need to do that with our hearts. Mm-hmm. We need to turn ourselves inside out. We we I think um, I think the laity has become very pampered. Mm. and very um, unchallenged. Mm. And I think it's good for us to turn what we have learned or what we Mm -hmm. are studying or who, you know, our relationship with Christ that we are growing and maturing personally. And we need to go ahead and turn it out, turn it inside out. You know, we, we talk about having our hearts filled up so that we spill over with yeah. Christ. Well, we need to go out and do that. And um, I think some of the issues that we face in the church with staff being burned out and budgets being top heavy and mm. so many of the things that uh, we, you know, see as obstacles or, you know, problematic, it would be just, it'd be solved. Yeah. You need if, to pre- keep preaching, Glenn. <laughs> keep preaching. <laughs> To be able to go, you know, the church needs to go out. Deploy the whole priesthood. Yeah. Yes. And and yes, the buildings can, people can be brought in, but we got to first go out. It's the both end. It's the both end. Like you said, we need each other. We need each other. That's so good. Thank you, Glenn. That's a great note to end on. I'm, I'm so thankful for you. You are truly a gift to me, to this church, to the movement. And um, I just I thank you so much for your time today. Oh, it's mutual, Heather. My joy. <laughs> <laughs>